Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Especially our Friday night quiz is to forget that we actually have an audience and that we're, that we're doing it for ourselves. So I like to remind myself and say hello to the fact that this is primarily for other people's consumption, not our individual therapy. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Although that is how this podcast started because we, me and you realised that we were just yapping for several hours per week about wrestling. We might as well record it. But we yes, if you haven't heard, actually. We haven't heard, actually, for most of the last few Friday nights. We did it on Sunday last week, but we'll go back to Friday this week, I believe, unless you tell me yep, otherwise. No, no, Friday it is. Um, we've been doing a Friday night quiz. Well, Paul's been doing it for several weeks on the uh, uh, on the Hooked on Wrestling um, social media accounts. I've been joining in the last three weeks or so. And what we do is we'll write some questions each um, and then read them out for everybody to join in with the quiz but we don't tell each other our answers so it does occasionally feel like it's <laughs> me versus him and we forget that there's several in fact several dozen people watching and joining in we've had some uh, some quite good numbers on that lots of people joining in. it's been great fun but we do sometimes get carried away with our own uh, our own little uh, piece of fun but we'll do some plugging and all sorts of things like that as we uh, get along the podcast but for now we need to set the table for what we're up to today today we're going to be discussing how to be great at ladder matches. Who is the greatest ladder match performer of all time? Once we get into the meat and drink of this topic, we'll start to set out what we're looking for, how we're going to judge this, who we're factoring in, and how we're going to set out our store. But what we'll be doing is coming up with a list of five. That's correct, isn't it? We do five. Correct, yeah. Yeah, just just double-checking with the boss. Yeah, that's it. We we will do a, a list of five... Uh, wrestlers who we will we'll consider that our shortlist and then at the end of the podcast that will be published on the website at hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote it may or may not already be there by the time you're listening to this if not it will be up very very soon and once that vote goes up you will have until the start of Monday Night Raw on Monday night, funnily enough, to cast your vote. And then after that, we will find out who is the winner. So we're going to set out the shortlist. And it's based on your suggestions. We've put the questions out on our social media pages. We've taken suggestions from you. We will discuss our long list. We've probably got about 20 or so names that we're going to try and get through today. Whittle it down to five. And then you will decide the winner. Now, last week, we discussed uh, who has the greatest dropkick in wrestling history. If you haven't heard that podcast, you can go back to uh, last week's 
uh, podcast, download it now and listen to that. But what we're going to do now is reveal the winner. We came up with a short list of five. The voting went over to you, as I say, hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. And the results are in. I don't know who the winner is, so I'm hoping, Paul, that you have all of the stats at your fingertips. I've been waffling long enough for you to get it ready. I have so it I to hope hand. I have that you have hand it to yet. hand, and we are over to the votes from the um, Yorkshire jury uh, to tell us. It's Eurovision Week, you see. I've got to get some Eurovision in this week because it's, uh, it's been cancelled. Hello, Plymouth. Uh, so over to, Hello, over to... Plymouth. This is Sally calling. <laughs> I like the fact that I don't live in Plymouth and you don't live in Selby, no. but yet you, you you decided to do the bigger settlements because if you said Kelfield to Ashburton, no one would know what you were talking about. Anyway, carry on, sir. So, Let's say it's over over to you. The big your big moment in fifth place with less than five percent of the votes. Actually, AJ Styles. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. In I think he might have been my number one choice. I honestly I, think I, I love a, I love AJ I, I think I think I would have probably I would have probably had him fifth actually. Well, I, I did have him fifth, okay. didn't I? In fourth, it's Kashikira Okada, and I've pronounced that completely wrong, and I did that on purpose, especially with his surname. But it sounded cool, so we'll go with that. It's a card. I'm gonna. My version is the Akatsuchika Okada, but yes, okay. either or. I just like the way it sounds like that. So Okada was fourth. In third place, and bear in mind these guys are a long way behind the top two. Third place was Mark Jindrak. Okay, yeah, I think that's a case Mike, of Mike, well, the exposure, the exposure to that one. I think if Mark Jindrak had been, you know, a, a WWE star for the last ten years, I think he'd have won this. I but, agree. Um, I do agree. Yeah. But in fourth place, so I suppose when I give you this, you're going to work out who's in one. In fourth place is Randy second, Orton. Second, second, second. You and your numbers, you do this with Sorry, the Sorry, second, well. I'm terrible, aren't I? I'm number yeah. dyslexic, yeah. I think, this week. So, in second so place... So, five, let's, let's do it again. Five is AJ Styles, four is Okada, three is Jindrat, two is Randy Orton, so that means the winner is... Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. That's... That is a surprise, actually. Well, I think that's a surprise. Well, come, someone no, no, call I, it a landslide. I think it's a pretty open... Really? What was the, what was the vote from 55% of the vote for Mr. Perfect. Whoa, a genuine majority. Yes. People have a tendency to get the word majority wrong. So if someone, say, they win the vote with 39%, they say it's a majority. It isn't, of course, because 61% voted against them. Mm. But 55 is a genuine majority. So the rest of the field um, polling 45 between them. Kurt Hennig, 55%. He is... How fitting, actually, that our first member of the How To Be Great club yep. or I don't know what to call it a hall of fame but however you would put it the first name on the how to be great wall is Mr. Perfect there's something poetic about that there is there? indeed it's it's a perfect start it is as you say a perfect start very quickly though Paul um, some people will be listening to this they've been listening to the podcast all the way along mm. and they're going website Web- website what are you talking of they may not know they may not know it's a real venture of ours over the last little while certainly since the uh, the lockdown has been in place there's been a little bit more uh, of a concerted effort to push this through and we have it so just in time for uh, for money in the bank I keep saying money in the bank oh it's well, right, right yeah. Yeah, just it's because it, it's, it's a bloody corporate host, um, headquarters it's, I'm finding it hard to think of it as a money in the bank but yeah because of the money in the bank we wanted to try and get it up for that and we did so and there's uh, plenty of content knocking yeah, out yeah absolutely so hookedonwrestling.co.uk you can get there Daily news, features, reviews, essays, even a bit of wrestling poetry on there, Rob. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Blackjack Lanza. Blackjack Stanza. Stanza. He's got a future, that lad. He's got a future. Um, 
it's great, you know. Like obviously, I'm very biased, but I'm really pleased with how we started. It's there's some great stuff on there. We've got a really good team of hardworking guys, you know, expressing themselves. Obviously, people are gonna. The idea is people come for the news and stay for the original content. That's our that's our idea. That's our business model, for want of a better word. And we think you'll like it. So if you give it a go, we want it to be part of your daily wrestling routine. And I think you know, once you've given us a go, it will be. We've also got bits and pieces on there. We've got our monthly predictions contest that started with Money in the Bank. Um, I just published the results literally before we did this podcast. We've got uh, our weekly quiz that's going to start this Friday. So there's going to, you know, obviously you and I do our, our live quiz and we do our quizzes at our events. But also we're going to get a short uh, trivia quiz on on the on the website every week, just for, just for fun, you know, just something to fill the lunch hour or whatever. Um, but that's going to go up every Friday, and yeah. It's going great. Do you know we've we've been up about twelve days now. We've been live about twelve days, and for the past six or seven, we've broken our visitors' record every single day. That's good. That's the right sort of trend. Yeah. Isn't it? We, uh, we're talking about uh, flattening curves these days. Not, but that's let's a good, not a good one to be one. Uh, to be going up the way. So that's good. That's always a good sign to uh, to keep on bettering everything day by day and so yeah please uh, do check it out spread the word and uh, and we'd like to hear your feedback as well it's a brand new thing uh, for well it's not a brand new thing for the, those of us involved most of us in fact all of us have got experience in doing this before um, in different places but it's uh, it's the first hooked on wrestling yeah. site so we'd really like to hear your uh, feedback in terms of what you think so far what you think of the writers what you think of the content what you'd like to see that sort of stuff we're, gonna, we're trying we're trying not to reinvent the wheel, I think it's fair to say, and do something wacky Correct. and different and, you know, but also we're not trying to just regurgitate the same old stuff that you're used to. We are not a scurrilous rumours uh, kind of site. We're not, you know, we're not going to go in for uh, unverified, un, you know, the unverified sources and that kind of thing. We will always tell you where we're getting our info from right. and, and that sort of thing. And I think it's just as much for a bit of fun. Our byline as we've always said is it's wrestling enjoy it and we're just trying to offer you something which you can enjoy so I think I think there will be a big emphasis on, on features won't there and discussions and, and, and that kind of thing we want it to be sort of interactive yeah and, and, absolutely and, you know, a, a forum for you know for looking a little bit deeper into a, an industry that exactly you know it's you know one of my pet peeves when you're going on the wrestling media sites is that you know if a wrestler so much as pops to Tesco and puts that on Instagram that somehow becomes a news story and that's that's absolutely <laughs> not what we're going for it's it's quant quality over quantity when it comes to news we want news that matters rather than news that you're reading because because you're trying to fill an hour or trying to fill a few minutes that's not the ethos we're after we want we want to to give you what you know, give you the news that really counts, but also more importantly, make you think, entertain you. So it remains to be seen. Let's let's see whether we manage it. But so far, the the uh, signs are good. Yeah. Anyway, wrestler X throws shade. Oh, whatever. Wrestler Y blasts wrestler Z. Shut up. Exactly. Shut up. Not not our thing whatsoever. Uh, one little extra while we're just doing the little um, uh, I, I guess plugging side of things and uh, looking down that route is uh, there's also this if you if you're looking at your phone right now and you're looking at our lovely shiny new uh, logo which is uh, really beautifully done well done Matt to our, who's mm. our logo uh, designer um, at the bottom of it you will see a little bit extra it doesn't just say how to be great Paul it says the hooked on wrestling podcast network well, it does hooked indeed on podcast hooked on network. wrestling podcast yeah how you work 
Explain. You mean there's people other there than are, us? There are. We won't spend ages on it because it's still in its infancy, but we are bringing a number of other podcasts um, under the Hooked On umbrella. Some really good sort of, you know, nothing you know, nothing that's been out there and been exposed to, which we've found some, you know, friends of ours, peers who we've reached out to and got some really interesting, varied content on our podcast and we're going to be drip feeding those out uh, bit by bit as we go along so we've got the first one up there as well as ours is our, our long time uh, favourite sort of I don't know what you call it retro podcast is because WCW we've got the Hooked on Wrestling editor Liam Hap and our good friend and twisty genius Dean Ayas recapping re-watching going through old WCW content not with too much cynicism they're, you know, they're both huge fans so they'll they'll wax lyrical when it deserves it and slag it off when it deserves that too we you know both Rob and I have long long loved because WCW so that has now got the hooked on stamp on it and we're great we are really pleased with that and then the other one that's launching this week is a, a bit of a different one it's um it's called Seconds Out with Stevie Knight. So if you, you know if you know your British wrestling over sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, Stevie was a mainstay up and down the country, real hard-working wrestler's wrestler. Um, and now he's turned his attention to radio and podcasting. He's a long time been a radio broadcaster when he was living in Cyprus. And now he's going around and finding out some of his old friends, work colleagues, whatever else, interviewing some wrestlers of yesteryear, some wrestlers of today, um, finding out some great road stories from those guys and really shining a light on what it was like to be a British wrestler in the good times and the bad. So that's seconds out, uh, sorry, seconds away, and that's um, that's coming this week. Yes, and with also uh, with hooked on host Richard Young, indeed, I believe. Involved. Indeed, he is he is anchoring anchoring a fort. So that's the first three, and then you know over the next couple of weeks we'll start talking about a few more as well. So really exciting that actually. Yeah, from the first time I met Youngie, I definitely thought anchor. That was uh, <laughs> something in my mind. No, no, he's a great lad. He's a great lad. The only the only disappointment I have for a podcast which involves Steve Knight and Richard Young is it's not called The Night Is Young. Which would be, yeah. uh, so what I would have what, what I would have gone with. Uh, just one final point on the, you did say that to both of us have long loved uh, because WCW. That's true. Um, we, I have enjoyed listening to it for a long time, Liam. Uh, who's been a sort of friend of Hooked On and now has come on fully on board with uh, with Hooked On, uh, which is great. And uh, you described him as Twisted Genius. I would describe him as awful human being, uh, Dean A. S. <laughs> but it, please, pleasingly, he's one of the few people in the world that would see that as a compliment. Uh, it's, it is a fun podcast. I just want to ask you a really quick question before we get to the uh, uh, the quiz on Friday. Here's a quick question: uh, How many times have you been on because WCW? Uh, as a guest? Two or three. Yeah, I can't remember. So often it's two or three. I don't remember. It's been it's happened so often. That's basically it. Right. Um, part two. Part two of the question: How how many times has your co-host uh, Rob McNichol been on W because of Well, if there's any justice in the world, I'd say at least five or six. Zero. Oh, my rubbish. Not one. Which suggests to me that Hap and Aas are happy to invite you on because you won't outshine them. Ooh. But if they bring me on, they'll clearly know that I will dominate, and I will, you know, just blow them out of the water. It's why you don't have, you know, why Hogan never came on straight after a great match. He always managed to put himself before the interval or something like that. He was always positioning himself really well. Uh, he would never follow, let's say, a, you know, a ladder match or something like that, because he would know that it would blow him out of the water. Them's fighting words. They are, but they're also segue words because we need to get on to the ladder match extraordinaire 
that we need to talk about today. The, who is the greatest ladder match performer? How to be great at ladder matches is our discussion point. And I want to come straight in, Paul, and ask you your feelings on the ladder match, because I think you know mine, and I'll certainly give them in a minute. But the ladder match is a, is a match that I think splits some people. I think people have changed their opinion of it over the years. But it's essentially been a staple in wrestling for you know more than two and a half mm. decades now. And we know that Bret Hart, um, you know, is said to have brought it to WWF. They were doing it in, in Calgary. I don't know if it was a Calgary invention, but certainly Shoe Hart's promotion, Stampede, are, you know, kind of credited with bringing it to the fore. And then Bret bringing it to WWF had a match with Sean on a on a house show, I believe, that was later released on it on a video. But obviously, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, the first ever real ladder match that was exposed to the world. And since then, although with different types of regularity in terms of how many we've seen. Um, you know, what's that, 26 years mm. ago? So the ladder match, for most of us listening, most of us talking and listening, it's been a part of our, our wrestling landscape for a long time. But it's changed as it's gone along. Um, so what, how are your feelings? How do you consider a ladder match? How, how does it, what does it make you Well, feel? first of all, I, I like, uh, at its essence, I like the gimmick as a concept because it makes sense. You know, as long as there's a prize on the line, something hanging above there, there is, you know, there's a tangible reason for, you know, using a ladder. And it's, you know, it's a... I suppose an athletic accomplishment to get up there and unhook it it's a physical achievement um i think as as so you know if you if you were to and i cringe a bit doing this but if you were to say this was the real stipulations of a fight like you know if you hung a ufc belt up above that ladder i know it's a silly comparison but you know the best man would win essentially you know there's not really much trickery you could do um you're not gonna go out and climb the ladder so I like the ladder match in it in its concept. I blow hot and cold slightly on its more modern, more recent usage. Obviously, it quite quickly morphed, you know, from the days of Razor and Sean using it as more of a a way to tell a story through, you know, sparing use of big spots. That soon morphed into a stun show, and it was it was done well in its image because we've not seen it before. So you know, some of the early ones and. We'll talk about some of the protagonists in that later, but some of the early ones did that really, really well. You know, they—they they, it was stuff we'd not seen before. It was innovative. It was exciting. It was risky, um, and but for the most part, handled well. So I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, as with most things in wrestling and life in general, you overuse it, and the concept becomes watered down. So now, nowadays, I'm—I'm I'm less excited by the concept of a ladder match because it's—it's it's harder to. To put anything out that's fresh and unique, and it's also often used as a crutch for lack of storytelling. If, they, if there's no story to be to be told, let's stick some stunts in there, and that is not that is not my bag. So, um, in short, when done well, I still think it's a it's probably my favourite gimmick match, but that's uh, fewer and further between nowadays. Yes, I think if you look at the fact that the the triangle ladder match, which is effectively the first TLC, but yeah. it didn't have the name TLC. The triangle ladder match was was that was at WrestleMania 2000. Was I believe I don't have the the figures exactly in front of me, but I think it was something like only the sixth or seventh ladder match mm. ever, and it was six years after the original. Do you know yeah, what right. I mean? So and they weren't even really going to and there's, and there's a couple of throwaway ones on Raw. Do you know what I mean? So in terms of big big main event or not main event but big big show ladder matches, it's only like the fourth or fifth really. And a couple of them, that, you know, at the start were, were, were just um, Sean and Razor. So it was something that was used sparingly. I want to say that the Rock and Triple H was probably the next one of any sort of note. So it's, I think that uh, 
as you say, the fact that it was probably used sparingly to begin with and it's become more of a crutch later on is, uh, is something that's against it. But I think file that for almost any um, any match. What I think the only ones that I think WWE really managed to protect and do it on a yearly basis are the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber, aren't they? Anything yeah. else, including TLC and Hell in a Cell and, and various others, have been sort of used a little bit ad nauseum. And the other thing that I have in, in terms of a ladder match is a slight negative, is that I tend to find these days I kind of need them to happen and then to find out everyone's okay. <laughs> yeah, you said this then before, actually, them. yeah. I, I, can, I can go back and watch something like TLC and really, really enjoy it because... You know, I know everyone's, well, I say unscathed, relatively unscathed. Clearly they would have been banged up. And I suppose the, the long history of matches like that have contributed to someone like an, an Edge or, or various others, you know, shortening their career. Clearly, obviously, he came back for this year's WrestleMania. But generally speaking, I can't imagine that uh, um, those bumps did any favours to, uh, to Edge's back and neck. Um, but, but generally speaking, I've always found them um, to be fairly entertaining with the right people. And that's what we're discussing today. Um, we're discussing who are the best ever ladder match performers and of course I would say that these performers are going to fall into three different camps and you and I are going to decide it in our own way and then the listeners and the uh, website viewers are going to decide it in their way in terms of picking the uh, the number one but I would say that we need to start by looking at the fact that there are three I would say three different types of ladder match there, are, there is the one on one ladder mm-hmm. match there is the multi-man individual ladder match which is essentially money in yep. the bank and there is the multi-team ladder match such as the TLC there are variants on each I'm sure you'll tell me or someone will tell me that there's been some triple threat ladder matches that there's and of the, course there has the, the, yeah. Wrestle, the, Res, the Wrestlemania match this year which was singles wrestling for tag teams there'll be tag team versus tag team I realise there's variants but essentially the three major ones are one on one individual money in the bank and something like a TLC um, there's been it's been for titles it's been for title shots it's been for ownership of the company it's been for who's someone's legal father sure. behave yourself as good as Eddie and Ray were behave yourself um, but it's been for so many things over the years um, so we have to kind of break these things down don't we so we are going to look at it as uh, as a total as a as a you know looking at the in the entire landscape no one is eligible more or less because of what bracket they fall in but I think are we going to say that Pretty much, this is a combination of points here. We, like we said last week, in terms of uh, the drop kick, we're not just talking about how good the drop kick was, but how important was it? How did it fit into the the character of the wrestler, etc. And so, I would say that in terms of these ladder matches, it's not just how good were they. If they were good, good for a five-minute stint, not good enough. If they've had the greatest ladder match of all time, does that get them in? Maybe. Have they done it over a long period of time? How good were the matches? How good did they fit in with their opponents? There's lots of factors that we can and will fit in um, so I'm going to give you the floor Paul and I'm going to give you say you can bring up the first name this does not mean that they're necessarily definitely going to get in but I have a long list of people in front of me I'm sure you're going to mention someone that I have in front of me here uh, where would you like to start or was, is it a topic is it a, a group of people you oh, like? I think you're absolutely right there I don't think we can start with one let's, let's dive in and go with the, the TLC 6 shall we Okay. Let, okay. Let's let's dissect those quickly because um, there is a lot to get through. We're gonna we are being disciplined in our running times on these, and there is a lot of We're people try. to go through on this. I think in terms of the uh, the, the TLC six, as you put them, um, we just need to you know pad that out. That's Jeff and Matt Hardy. It's Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, and it's Edge and Christian. Um, we are not putting tag teams no, into this. Individuals. So this list will not this list will not be. 
Uh, like for example, I'll do the, the dropkick example from last week. That list was never going to be uh, AJ Styles, Mr. Perfect, Mark Jindrak, and the Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you, you, we had to pick an individual, and and so the same with this. So there are some you know there are some dangers. I mean, for example, for for a start, we were only putting in a short list of five. We couldn't put all six of these in if we wanted to, and that's not even getting into the uh, other plethora of people that may be deserving. Um, so let's break down these teams. Um, you know. Of these teams, which would be the one... If you had to do a team, which is the team that stands out to well, you? And should we then break them down into individuals? I actually think it's, it's a bit of a tough way of doing it, that, if I'm honest. I would, I think there's two types of guys in ladder matches, and, and they're, they're epitomised in this. Well, there's two types of guys in TLC. Changes. There's your planners and your psycholo- psychology guys that keep the match ticking. You know, and it's, it's easy to forsake those guys. Um, but they're so important in making the match hold together means something and I'm, for that I'm talking about I, I suppose the two that spring to mind most readily are Bubba Ray Dudley and Matt Hardy you know mm-hmm. you're never going to see those guys do the most spectacular of spots but they are so crucial in, in, in marshalling everything making sure everyone's in the right place where they need to be it sounds boring but it's 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 massively important because we've all seen ladder matches where you don't have a guy like that and it's just Moves, 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 moves. So, I, you know, to me, they're, they're one category, and then the other category is your, is your daredevils, is your stunt guys. And, um, and Jet, obviously, Jeff Hardy springs to mind there. I'd also put Edge in that category over the years. Um, so, having said that, to me, I would, I would take Devon Dudley and Christian out of the equation, if I'm honest, um, with these, and I'd, and I'd narrow the conversation down to the four others. Okay, I, I would take it back one more step, actually, which is to say that I just talked about the triangle ladder match that was at WrestleMania 2000. But before that, um, there was the, I guess it was the final of the Terry Invitational Tournament. Um, Matt and Jeff versus Edge and Christian. I can't remember the name of the pay-per-view. No Mercy. I know it would have been in 1999. No Mercy. No Mercy. Well, of course it was. Yeah, it was No Mercy. That's right. Um, but that was the, the final of that tournament. Um, the... Uh, matches before that had shown these teams start to break out I think the fans were already on their side they were already intrigued yep. by this tournament but this was the match I think that this is the match that made all four of them and I think had this match f- f- you know, failed would WWE have been as high on them as they were in future years would whoever got a, a singles push have got that I think it all came down to that particular match so th- it showed that those two teams could have a great match just between themselves. Call them stunt men, call them, you know, high flyers, you know, whatever you want to call them. But I think those four show that they could have a good match. But then when you added the Dudleys, they the matches got yes. better. And I think that's hugely to the Dudleys' credit that they were able to take what was already a very, very good match and make it better. And not just make it better, make it better two, three, four times. Because I think those, I think the three of them had. Was it, I think it's three matches between the three, isn't it? Yes. The, the, the triangle ladder, then the first two TLCs, Correct. and then TLC three. You bring in another couple of people, but um, you know the fact that they could keep on reinventing that match, keep on bringing it to people, I think is huge credit to to Bubba Ray and Devon. I think this is also my way of saying that I don't think we're going to feature either of those two in our list. Um, but I agree with you in terms of what you're saying about Matt and Bubba. I think just forget what you saw in the ring. I think just listening to them speak you know following their social media whatever it may be especially um you know Bubba's excellent busted open radio show um 
you'll find that those two are quite cerebral, aren't they? they they're real thinkers. You could see them in a... It's a different era of wrestling now, but you could see them in the old days being bookers. Oh, 100%. You? Yeah. you could see them being regional bookers. When you hear people that are a little bit before our time, possibly, but you hear names like Eddie Gilbert, you know, or, or people like that, you know, that were hugely respected for, you know, for their for their minds. Um, you get the feeling that uh, that's, I think that Bubba Ray and Matt would have been excellent bookers in, in regional territories, you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and who's to say that you know someone like Matt can't keep stay around in AEW and and help to shape I think, them? I think and, it's know, likely actually. I, I think there's I think there's lots of good things that those two can continue to do for for wrestling. So I, I totally take your point in terms of the planning. We will stress again that we are not building our you know ultimate five man money no. in the bank match. We are picking out the individual performers. So I think we would acknowledge that if we were picking out a, a match we would definitely look to have a, a Bubba or a Matt or a few others that would be similar in that kind of equation. But for now, we're not. OK, so I think we've taken out the Dudleys, you've taken out Matt, and we've taken out Christian. So let's talk about Jeff and Edge. Um, I think purely for <laughs> for the one moment, possibly the greatest ladder match moment ever, which, again, hugely was needed. Uh, sorry, Bubba Ray Dudley was massively needed in that because he's the one that set it up with pulling the ladder yep. back. But as Jeff's feet go and he flies through the air and Edge meets him Goodness with a spear, me. you know, dangerous, high risk, but perfectly done, beautifully done, amazing to watch. It, that's got to be up there with the best ever moments, isn't it, in a ladder match? Oh, unbelievably so. It was uh, it was strikes that right balance, isn't it? You know, people have been trying to top that or match that for for a long long time and you can always tell when a spot's so put together and contrived like there's the, the spot I hate probably more than any other in wrestling is that what do they call it the Tower of Doom where they have like eight or nine guys oh. on a suplex it's like oh piss off um, but the, the the skill that those guys had in not just pulling off that spot as in the actual spear getting to a point where that spear felt perfectly natural within the within the flow of that match you didn't feel like obviously they were setting up for the spot no question but you you never got the the thought it never took you out the moment you never went oh yeah that wouldn't happen they wouldn't do that it all felt like something these guys would do um and the balls on them you know what i mean on mm. both of those guys like to to take that to, to take and to give that spear um the timing had to be perfect you know, any hesitation could have, at best, made it look ridiculous, and at worst, caused serious injury. And they nailed it. Like it was just, it was so good, so yeah. good. Um, and it was, you know, you only need to look now. How how often since then? What are we talking about? 19 years ago? Yeah, 19 years ago. How often has that spot been replayed in various clips and montages and whatever else? It's one of the key moments in WWE history. And if you look at the Attitude Era, it is, you know, you. you if you want to put the top 10 clips, the top 10 moments that encapsulate that era in there, that's in there, without a question. Yeah. Give me that moment, I'm not, I'm not knocking him for this, but give me that moment over Mick Foley coming off the cage, off the cell. Yeah, absolutely. Any day. I'm not belittling what Mick did and all that, that matches, it's a world unto itself. But as you say, what to give and take what Matt and, uh, sorry, what uh, Jeff and Adam did there, and also what Bubba had to do as well, I think just perfectly done. I like your point about how things get set up in ladder matches. I would liken it to um, some storytelling that happens often in, say, a, a, a crime show, especially one that's a bit light-hearted. So take like a, a Jonathan Creek or a Sherlock or, or a show like that. Mm. They will often make a joke about something, whether it's a, a piece of equipment or it's something that someone said 
and it's a joke and it's kind of thrown away actually to be fair it's done in sitcom as well in, in plot driven stuff in, in sitcoms a, a joke will hide a, a key plot point and later on in the episode you'll come back to it and you'll go oh that's what that was there for now if it's very very obviously done now like <laughs> another weird way of doing it hi Matt Barber here comes the football if you're watching highlights on um, of match of the day and someone gets booked you know they're getting sent off later in the game because that's why they've shown you the first booking. Now, Match of the Day doesn't have to tell a story the same way that Sherlock does, but that's kind of telegraphing it. A good sitcom, a good TV show will hide that piece of storytelling. I've heard both Brett and Steve Austin talk about um, the, the spot they did with the bell um, during their famous match at WrestleMania yes. 13, which is at one point they go to use it, then they put it down, you forget about it, and at a certain point when Brett needs to get out of a... A situation. I think it's Brett needs to get out of a situation, isn't it? And he s- swings the bell up and hits Austin. It might be the other way around. I might have got it wrong. But um, that's you know, it comes out of nowhere. Anyway, I've always disliked when they build tables for no apparent reason in TLC matches. Yes. It seems to be sometimes they just build a couple of tables and then they wander <laughs> off. And I go, what, what, what's that for? It's clearly for them to go through it in a little minute. But there are ways of doing it to do it, then get stopped, and then you know you know come back to it and I think that those guys generally did that you know really well and remembered that the point of everything was um, that it was a fight I've been recently watching some old um, WCW some old Nitros from around about 1996 and it's really interesting to watch some of the matches some of the best matches uh, the cruiserweight matches are between a North American and a Mexican because sometimes the Clash of Styles works really nicely. If you watch a couple of the Luchadors, it does just look as if they're flipping around for flipping's sake. But if you get, say, you know, a Jericho versus Juventud, or you get a, a La Parker versus Di Malenko or something, you get really good matches because they actually look like they're trying to fight one another. Because yeah. their styles don't mesh, they look like they're fighting, and it's excellent. And it's like, sometimes wrestling forgets it's meant to be a fight, and it's not meant to be a, a stunt performance. And certainly in the, let's call it the glory days of the TLC, I don't think any of those guys would be... Um, considered, you know, not doing their job really well. I think that's why they're they're so revered to this day. Um, let's talk about the individuals a little bit more um, because both Jeff and Edge would go on more than any of the others. I think certainly Christian had a uh, a few matches down the years, but I would say Jeff and Edge feel like they've had more ladder matches um, than other people. Um, Paul, talk to me about Edge a little bit and about some of the other ladder match memories you may have for him that may push him up this list a little. Sure. Well, the one that stands out to me is the, the, I believe it was the first ever solo TLC match with John Cena in Toronto in 2006. Um, That was an absolute banger of a match, wasn't it? I remember being quite annoyed at the time that they were labelling it TLC. And to a degree, that bothers me with TLC matches all the time because it's just a ladder match with a few weapons in, isn't it? It is, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and, you know, you, there's nothing to say you can't use a, la- a chair or a table in a ladder match anyway, but I digress. Um, that was a tremendous match. Obviously, it was designed to put a cap on their feud and bloody hell, it worked a treat. Um, it'd been a while, I think. Again, my memory's memory's not what it was and we're going back 14 years but I remember it being a fair old while since it was a high profile one on one ladder match and that one being in the main event for the WWE Championship was as high profile as it got really and um, yeah I thought that was the one I thought I thought Edge really you know considering people don't really rate Cena as a wrestler which is unfair but I think Edge absolutely was the ring general in that one There was it was ended when he went through a stack of tables didn't he off the ladder and um, so again a big bump that actually meant something um, and I thought, it, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was 
spot on actually that one I thought it was one of my favourite ladder matches so that to me stands out for Edge that's that's to, when I think of Edge I actually think of that ahead of the TLC matches weirdly enough well, that's a huge, of the tag team um, matches that's a huge thing for him then I think mm. that's a, good, a big thing in his column and we would also talk about um, again when we're talking about our Robot Wars style um, picking out marks you know for control style damage and aggression and um, when we're talking about the different important points about these ladder match performers mem- being memorable you know, it's a very important thing, isn't it? Whether it's for, you know, yes, we're talking about for good reasons rather than bad. Katie Vick was memorable, but I'm saying that for, for memorable for good reasons. You could go back and watch something and go, "Wow, I've forgotten how good this is." But yeah, but they they probably should have done something to put it into your mind. So the very fact that you can remember that match ahead of a lot of others uh, is a huge plus point for Edge, I think. Um, I'm fairly certain Jeff and Edge have had a a match for the world title themselves against one another. I think I seem to recall an Extreme Rules years ago. Um, so those two have um, you know, been in each other's proximity but the, the Jeff Hardy one I want to talk about and Jeff, Jeff's had plenty of um, singles matches uh, for ladder matches over the period but um, I've heard this <laughs> I've heard this chatted about in a few different forums I, I think it, in horse racing parlance I do a bit in horse racing and, and we'll talk sometimes about wise guy horses and what we mean by that is there's a horse that's kind of flying under the radar for a certain race but everybody notices that it's flying under the radar and everyone starts to say oh do you know what's a bit underrated it's this horse and it's like well how many if if 10 out of 15 people bring it up does that make it underrated anymore because actually everyone's mentioning it but a match that went that way for several years and now i think people are starting to realize just how good just how important it is do you know what i'm going to say here i think i do i think it's going to be jeff hardy against taker on raw Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker on Raw yep. is an absolutely sensational piece of storytelling. It's not a great, great match, but as a piece of storytelling, which you could actually argue is, is more important than the match anyway, or the, the two of them are in, intertwined in, inextricably, it is an unbelievable piece of storytelling because so many different things happen in that. First of all, Undertaker's role is impeccable. Taker goes from being this nasty piece of work who just wants to hurt Jeff Hardy to by the end of it being completely, well, in the middle of it, being flummoxed at how he can't beat him and by the end just shaking his head and going, you're a crazy SOB, basically. Um, Jeff just keeps coming at him, keeps coming at him. Listen, I, I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm fairly certain Taker won, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But again, how many times have you seen in the past that someone loses but it's you know it's so effective or or at least doesn't win you talk about sting in 1988 drawing with rick flair steve austin steve austin never beat bret hart no you know you were talking about bret hart made steve austin but austin never beat him austin kept losing to bret i suppose austin won the, the rumble but Aust- bret made austin by beating him all the time that's a really weird thing to think about but austin was so good and bret was so good it helped to make steve and it was the right thing to not have Jeff win here. It was the right thing to have Taker win. Oh, but Taker made Jeff Hardy in that instance. I think that is when Jeff Hardy came of age as a singles performer and it laid the groundwork for what would he, what he would end up doing. I think he would have obviously done a lot more had he had his, his head in shape and had he not you know, resorted to various uh, uh, substances over the years. Um, but that's, a, again, a topic for another day. But you know what, what made I think Jeff Hardy was made in that moment, and I think it, because it still resonates, I think it's a huge, huge factor in, in him being in this list. It was a massive match all round. In fact, wasn't Taker's character back then? He used to tell people he'd make them famous. 
And that uh, was yeah. that was and that was the premise of the match. He's like, I'm going to make you famous. I'm sure it was. Without going back and seeing, it. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But that match accomplished so much. You know, not only was it a great match in a main event on Raw that we talk about now, all these years later, it turned Undertaker face. Yeah, it's one, a baby face. You know, right, after yeah. after his big evil run, um, which set up you know a whole new you know two year run as this baby face big evil, which was fantastic possibly the best run of his career but you know I'll digress I'm not going to talk about that and then it made Jeff Hardy like it allowed obviously Jeff Hardy was well known as a tag performer he was well liked by fans if not loved already maybe he was but it allowed it gave him passage to that tear up didn't it it it, you know Taker's on screen endorsement sort of gave him that stamp that allowed fans to think of him as that permanent upper mid-card main event talent and not just someone who was in there by fluke or as a one-off so really what it did is I wouldn't say it pushed him to be truly a main event but it fixed his it fixed his flaw for want of a better term it meant that you know if he fell down a little bit um, off the ladder as it were he's only going to fall down a couple of rungs um, and it really it really nudged him in the right direction permanently it was hugely important for, for both their careers and for WWE at the time and, and it was a stellar match led by storytelling loved it absolutely loved it and that, you know, I've got that on my notes underlined that I wanted to talk about and I was looking forward to talking about Jeff Hardy specifically for that match that's good sorry to have uh, ever so slightly stolen your thunder not but at it's, all. Yeah, it's good that we both recognised it and I think that it, uh, it underlines them right shall we park the, the TLC yes six? With and uh, we, we'll put Jeff Hardy and Edge uh, at least in pencil I in our so. in our shortlist. Okay, okay. We need we need to go back to the genesis. We need to go back to the start. We need to go back to WrestleMania 10. Like I said, I've acknowledged that there was ladder matches before that, but this is when the world found out. I should say also, we're pretty WWE WWF centric on this discussion, mainly because we did briefly say, well, we should we should include other promotions. But we couldn't think of anything that really threw us threw it to the fore. We might have a quick chat about some TNA gimmicky matches or other ones, but unless you've any um, objections, Paul, I don't really see us expanding this discussion because I don't think anything really throws itself to mind. I'm sure someone will tell us that there was a New Japan match that was, you know, extraordinary in, in terms of its ladder match quality, and, and I've not seen it, but that's probably to our detriment and, and, and no more but I think the ladder match feels like it, it found its genesis in Sean versus Razor and that it's a WWF thing do you know what I mean there, there are caveats to that but would you agree with my general point I would I think you know we could be here all day talking you know it, it's a WWE, WWE iconic match isn't it and there are a few um, there are a few interesting examples like the one that immediately springs to my mind is Eddie Guerrero against Six in WCW in 97 but certainly I don't think there's enough to be putting you know to, to spread the conversation out. I think we're right to keep it narrow yeah yeah okay, okay. and also when we're talking we're talking performers as well and not individual matches yeah, yeah, yeah. so people exactly. would need to sort of rack up a few I think we'll, we'll, come, we'll mention Eddie in a, in a short period of time but uh, yeah for now we need to do um, Sean and Razor Wrestlemania 10 uh, some people I've heard this attributed to various people so I won't credit cause just in case I'm getting it wrong but I've heard some people say you know Scott Hall was there the night that Sean Michaels had a match for the ladder yeah I've um, heard the same what a load of and crap. I think that is complete bollocks actually yeah. quite frankly uh, there is no way one man can have a match on his own uh, and I think if you go back to both of the matches because I, I would include them as a pair 
WrestleMania 10 is the better one, it's the more famous one, and it's always going to be the first one, uh, again, with a, with a slight asterisk. But the second one's good as well. If you've never seen WrestleMania 10, you've only seen SummerSlam, what would it be, 95? 95, 95. Um, 95. Um, if that's the only one you've seen, you've still seen a great match. You know, um, different winners because of where they were both at different times, how it fit the story. Um, but putting the two together, I think they're, they're both absolute gems of matches and really nicely told. And I would give huge credit for both guys, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. They were the innovators on the on the world stage. Um, there were different matches, weren't there? Obviously, one the first one was Shawn Michaels as a heel. The second one was face versus face. And I think it's I think it's not a reach to say that the vast majority of people will consider the first one the better match. No, that's fair. Um, but what I like about it, well, let's remember they've got first movers advantage on this, haven't they? You know, they they had nothing to compare it to in terms of you know the majority of people who watched that ladder match at WrestleMania 10 had never laid eyes on a ladder match before ever. Um, so they had a tremendous advantage in it being the first. It's kind of there's so many gimmick matches in in the past whereby you'll think that the first iteration of that match is the best, and often it can be because you know, the best guys in it. And funnily enough, Shawn Michaels is in a bloody lot of those, isn't he? Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, ladder match. You know, he's in the first of quite a few of those. Um, but they've got no, they've got nothing. They've got a blank canvas, and they benefit from that. That said, great work. Yeah, tremendous work. It was, you know, they used the ladder as a crutch to the storytelling. As I said earlier, they used it for that big spot at the end, the splash off the ladder in the case of Shawn Michaels, a couple of crunches where they use it as a, a weapon to hit each other with. Um, but it was used sparingly and realistically. Um, and they set the tone, you know, it was, it was wonderful. You know, it was, it was innovative. It was exciting. Um, and again, we go back to it, but we're talking about it 26 years later, so they must have done something really rather right. Yeah, they did. Um, good psychology. I think that's a really important thing. Yep. Um, they both thought that they were trying to win the match, um, trying to incapacitate their opponent, use the ladder to win the match. Do you remember whose line is it anyway? A show that used to be on Channel 4, mm-hmm. improvisation yep. programme, hosted by Clive Anderson. Um, they used to have a round in that where they would give a pair of people an object and they would have to sort of make up little skits or one-liners about whatever object they had. I almost felt like that was a match where it was like they were about to have a match and someone went, oh, lads, you've got to use a ladder in this. They may as well have said you, you need to use, you know, some some secateurs or a pumpkin. You know, it could have been anything, but you've got to, yeah. you've got, you've got to get whatever object we give you into this match. Um, comedians do a thing called set list, which is a, they're not told what they're going to talk about, but they get given a list of topics and they have to make jokes about it. It's, a, it's almost like you've been, it's, a, it's an improvisation test. You get given an object and you've got to work it in. And I felt like that's almost what they did. I'm sure there was a lot more careful planning than that, but beautifully um, done and, and, and put together both on both occasions. And like I say, I do think the second one is not as good as the first, but I also think it doesn't feel like a, you know, a remix, does it? Sometimes you'll see a, a match between two people and when their rematch comes around, you go... Well, that felt like the first one again. And I think, again, talking about Shawn Michaels, that was the big thing. About, I never wanted to see Michaels Undertaker at WrestleMania 26, for example. Quite. I didn't want it to happen. I said, you can't follow the first. And while I would have it, you know, a small amount worse than the first one, it's still unbelievable. You know, it's still absolutely tremendous. And so I, they did a brilliant job of following up and not just having the same match again. Um, and I think Sean and Razor did that. So I, I definitely think we need to factor them into the conversation. I believe they're the only two ladder matches that Razor had. Um, so while he's a pioneer, 
uh, and he is absolutely in the conversation. This would be in the conversation for the greatest ever ladder match. Mm-hmm. Does it preclude him that he hasn't had any more matches from being on our list? Is he someone that we could... Can we put both how, of them on the temporary shortlist? How dare you forget the taser on a... Uh, the taser hanging from the ring ladder match with Goldberg. I'm kidding. Oh, Thank yeah. <laughs> well, well done yeah. for forgetting that. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, I, I probably wouldn't have him in the top five um, simply because there's been a lot more people with a lot more highlights and who've done it in different ways with the, in different in different arenas not different literally different arenas but in different formats so I think he, whilst he was very good and more than played his part in those matches I'm not sure he'd make the top five um, let's say that uh, he's driven around so when it's qualifying in the Formula 1 uh, he's driven around he's set a good time he's fourth at the moment on the grid but there's some other people still have to come out and do their laps who are probably going to lap in front of there him. There we so go. We'll put we'll put him as number four temporarily until other people beat him. Sean on the list for for definite. Oh yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be a list without Sean Michaels and in terms of ladder matches, would it? Not only for that, but let's let's also use this into a segue into somebody else I want to talk about. But I think it was 2008, the ladder match with Chris Jericho at Unforgiven. Amazing. Un- unbelievable like that whole feud was amazing we won't go into depth on that we could do a whole podcast on that very very easily but that ladder match with I, I, was that maybe the ladder match with the most sort of animosity in behind it in terms of a storyline it was you know it was a really heated personal nasty grudge and I can't think of any ladder matches that had quite that level of of hatred in the storyline no, nothing- going into it Nothing comes to me. I um, guess if you threw if you threw yourself into the uh, storyline, you could argue, um, you know, Ray and Eddie and the whole Dominic. Yeah, thing. Oh yeah, I, I suppose think, you could. Yeah. But I think most of us found it a bit laughable that someone, you know, you would have someone's parentage on a pole. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's um, took the wind out of the sails there, didn't it? But you're right. Yeah, you're right. That would be up there that, with it. But that storyline had it, which is why I always found it a little bit strange how they pivoted. You know, because obviously Eddie died not long after that. Sure. You know, Ray was then the one that everyone was. You know, he was old. He was Ray's best friend. Well, some things, mm. some things you just. You just I know it's a kayfabe. I know it's a kayfabe. know it's a kayfabe world, but <laughs> do you know what was happening? Yeah, true, true. But, um, but, but anyway, anyway, that was that was a tremendous match. You know, where both guys held at their own end of the bargain, and it just and it showed. You know, Shawn Michaels did another one that I really enjoyed. You know, when it was in fact, so did Chris Jericho. So it was Shawn and Triple H. Uh, a couple of years earlier, but uh, against the Big Show and Chris Jericho for the tag for the unified tag team titles, that was a really That's underappreciated ladder match. That one. That's a good, good shout. It was the one. Like... Do you remember? It was the one where the ladder broke. So Triple H held yeah. one side of the ladder open up for Shawn Michaels to to climb that. up. Again, innovative, fun, interesting. So Shawn Michaels is definitely up there for his for his long, yeah, you know, his his wide body of work over a number of years. Um, but Chris Jericho, mate. Do not sleep on Jericho as one of the best of all time. You well, know, let's move let's move Jericho into the to, into the next topic, which would be the start of the uh, the okay. start of the money okay. in the bank. Because Jericho is credited on air, which I like. They're quite consistent on that. They've, they've, well, they might not do it now because he's left, but for years and years and years they would continue to mention that the that the money in the bank concept was invented by Chris Jericho. I believe in real life that it wasn't. I don't think it was something that I don't believe. In fact. There's something in the back of my mind that says it might be. No, I think, I think it was. RVD, yeah, but, yeah, I think it was. No, I don't think it. I don't think it was. I don't think it was his, uh, his actual, you know, actual idea. Anyway, that doesn't really matter. In a kayfabe world, on the on-screen world, it was his idea, and uh, so it would have been. Oh crikey! Which WrestleMania would it be? Twenty twenty-one. Can I just? Because I'm really anal about this sort of thing. Can I just correct you? 
But um, okay. the the law goes, and obviously this law is spread primarily by Chris Jericho. But the law is law L O R E. Correct. The law is that he um, came to Vince with uh, before WrestleMania 21 with the idea of a multi-man ladder. Oh, then the ladder match is originally I think going to be him against. Benoit, or him against Edge or something like that. But I anyway, think it might be the three. Then, I think it might be the three. I think threat. you're right. But and the idea was that they climbed the ladder and they got their their heart's desire. So the the, the briefcase gave them you know a bloody wish from a genie or whatever. I don't bloody know what you know. They got what they wanted. Maybe they stipulated before the match. Maybe they made it up afterwards. But that was the idea. And then I think even Jericho admits that that morphed into the title shot idea um, after okay. Vince McMahon's input. So I think I think. If you if you take Jericho's word for it, yes, he kind of was the he set sowed the seeds for the money in the bank, both on screen and off. Okay, I've realised. I said RVD. I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of one night stand, aren't I? That's what I'm doing with RVD. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so so Jericho's the genesis. You know, he's in that very first match, and we're not going to break down every single money in the bank match and no, go through them no, all no. and whatever. But I've I've written up a list. I've got I've got eight people that I would consider that have been in those matches which I'll, I will rush through now and we'll try and pick out the bones of a couple because people have said I wouldn't necessarily consider them but some of our, our respondents have, uh, have said them so I'm going to say Chris Jericho Shelton Benjamin John Morrison Rob Van Dam, Rey Mysterio Finn Balor Chris Benoit and CM Punk from those matches to me they're the ones that are part of the conversation I would put Edge in there as well but we've already discussed sure. Edge and maybe Jeff as well but of those eight so Jericho Shelton Morrison RVD Ray Finn Benoit and Punk are the ones that kind of I would stand out I would say the least of them to me would be Balor but someone did say that they thought Balor's performance in a ladder match was the best they've ever seen so it was therefore possibly worthy of discussion I agree with them that it was a wonderful performance but I think you can't there's so much talent in here I don't think you can do one and stand out enough unless it's a real virtuoso so I think we'll, 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 we'll mention him as an honourable mention but we'll, we'll sneak him out yeah um, so that, that would, leave, would leave seven how do you feel about some of the ones I've talked about well the other one I'd like to take out and it feels harsh but um, you know we can't we can't put everyone in I, I think we discount John Morrison okay um, and I suppose maybe that's personal preference because to me he epitomises more of the contrived spot stunt style of ladder match and of that he's very good but it's not my taste and I know this is not shouldn't necessarily be all about my taste but our criteria is tight and our list is short so to me I'm I'm going to take out John Morrison from the no, list I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that I think I think he would probably merit more discussion than some but we're talking an elite five here we're yes. trying, at the moment we've got in four places penciled in in four places Jeff Hardy, Ed, Shawn Michaels, and Razor Ramon. And what we're now starting to do is go... And Actually, you could argue that we'll put Jericho in as a five, right? So we've got a temporary five, mm-hmm. and we can replace these people if we want to. Is John Morrison more worthy of a place than those five people? No, and quite he frankly, is not. Quite frankly, he's not. He's a great performer. Um, I think you sometimes in your mind, some of his Royal Rumble, Battle Royal exploits will also can conflate with ladder match stuff. And I would say possibly the same thing for Shelton. Let's move it along to Shelton. Shelton's probably done more in ladder matches, has been terrific in ladder matches. But is what he's done, you know, purely on stunts? Does he get in for that? Is that part of the ladder match and how it's developed? I think he's a, I think he's going to be right on the bubble when we make our final decision. What do you think? I, th- I don't think I could have said it better, really. The bubble is just about right. He, I think people maybe give him a bit 
too much credit because of that run up the ladder in the original Money in the Bank match. I'm not saying he hasn't done really good stuff in other matches. You know, right off the top of my head, I remember that superb um, world's greatest tag team or team angle or whatever they were at the time against Eddie Guerra and Tajiri ladder match. That's a real underappreciated classic. Um, and obviously he took part in other Money in the Bank matches across the years and, and did really well. But again, does he take the place of any of those five we've got penciled in there? I'd say possibly not. See, I actually... I love the match that you're talking about between Jericho and Sean. That's my favourite, let's call it, personal issue mm. of all time. I absolutely adore it. The promos, the story, everything. And that is a really, really great match. Jericho also had a very, very, very good ladder match with Benoit, um, which I don't think should be taken out of the equation. Oh, God, no. In terms of the Money in the Bank stuff, yes, he's associated with it from the start, but if we were doing this purely on Money in the Bank, who is the best Money in the Bank performer, I wouldn't have Jericho anywhere near it. No, nor would I. I think he's been indecent, but he's more, when we went back to the start, he's more of a Matt Hardy, Christian, you know, Bubba Ray kind of figure in these matches. Listen, Jericho's a great... I was going to say, he is, and he's probably the best of those. He's, he's one of the greatest of all time, anything, period. But in terms of ladder matches, I think other people spring to mind more. And Shelton is one for me who I think when you think about the money in the bank taking off as a concept, because who's in that first money in the bank? Jericho's in there, Christian's in there, is Edge in there, Benoit? Edge, Benoit, Kane. And... Kane. And, and I don't know if Shelton's in the first one. I don't think he is. Shelton Maybe, is in yeah. the first one. Is he in the first one? Okay, so good. So I'm it's, glad. it's Jericho, Benoit, Christian, Edge... Kane and Shelton. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, right. Okay, well, that's good then. That, that strengthens my argument. Because if he's in there from the start, I would argue that the... You talked about Sean and Razor and how that starts that issue and you, um, you know, they set the standard for everyone else. The money in the bank's the same and you take it forward and you say, you know, who do you remember from those matches? What moments do you remember? And I think it's Shelton. And I think it's Shelton more than Edge winning. I think it's more than Punk right. winning twice. Oh. I think it's more than Kennedy winning. Like you remember the RVD? You remember those things? If we were doing purely Money in the Bank, which is what we actually talked about initially, we talked about doing that and the cash-ins and stuff, I think it's a totally different topic. Yeah, agree. But I think Shelton is a huge part of those matches, and certainly winning is is not in our equation here, is it? Oh, we're of course not, not. We're not interested in anyone winning. It's, it's very much your performance. And I think without Shelton Benjamin, without some of the things he did... I'm not sure, you know, how how the money in the bank progresses. And for that, you know, I'm I am absolutely sold on Jeff, on Edge, and Sean as being our top three. And I think they're almost watertight. I think we're talking. Does Shelton get in above Razor and Jericho? And I th- I, I would certainly put those three together at the moment as being. Mm. I'm I'm between those three to pick two from those three of the ones we've spoken about so far. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, the other one. Anything I wanna, else? To, well, the yeah, other one on. I want to mention on that list, really, and I don't. I'll be honest. I'm going to make this quick because I don't think he makes the list. But CM Punk, mm-hmm. um, obviously, won two of the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Now, I'm not going to pretend he was some standout performer in those. He wasn't. But the one that always, again, I'm going back to matches that I haven't thought about for a long time. But SummerSlam, Jeff Hardy against CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Wow. That was quite a personal one, actually. Maybe not on the level of Jericho, um, Shawn Michaels, but there was a lot of animosity there with the whole um, straight edge versus uh, addict sort of juice behind it. But that was an incredible, incredible match. And um, a lot of that, you know, again, 
the reason that was more than the usual Jeff Hardy sort of stunty ladder match was was because of who he was in there with. And you know, it's no no surprise that when he's in there with an exceptional wrestler, an exceptional ring general like the Undertaker, like CM Punk, that mesh with Jeff Hardy's willingness to put his body on the line creates absolute magic. It's a good combination. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm you're not wrong. And, I'm not. Know, he's been he's he's been in other matches as well. I simply would go off the fact that. I can't think of any one thing, any one moment, any one match that makes me think CM Punk equals ladder. I agree with you. Do you know you. what I mean? And that's, that's why he's not in there. But I just wanted to mention him. I think he's top ten, but not top five. Yeah, I agreed, think he's absolutely... Agreed. I'd absolutely have him ahead of, you know, the ones we mentioned in, in just that little run. We mentioned Benoit and Ray and Finn and RVD and Morrison. I'd absolutely have Balor ahead of all of those. Um, but I don't. He's got. You've got to be so special to break this top totally, list. Totally, totally. And the only um, thing, the only thing I want to say on the list is, is, is Benoit. And again, I'm not making a case for him in the top five because I don't think he remotely deserves it. But what I always just like about Benoit in ladder matches, I don't. There's anybody who's made you think how much those things hurt. Sell, proper sell. Oh job. my God, you would think that, like, you know, oh, we don't need to go through the qualities of Chris Benoit as a wrestler and as. As an amazing seller of of pain, but he absolutely made you think that you were ripping his arms out of sockets. Um, yeah, that was that one in particular, wasn't it? It may even have been the first one. I'm it was sure, the first one in the bank match you're thinking of, where he he sells the shoulder. I think someone hits him with a chair and he falls, and he's right. he's right, literally writhing, kicking his legs out from underneath him, and to the point I remember watching that match thinking, oh shit, he's hurt, like oh. a proper, you know, I'm at the I'm. <laughs> I'm not quite a wrestling journalist by that point, but I'm certainly someone that understood how it all works. And I'm going, oh, he's hurt. He's, you know, that's proper good selling that can make, you know, even someone that thinks they're a little bit enlightened go, is he hurt or is he not hurt? I love being confused. I love going, is this real? And it oh, might take you a well, moment that was to his go, genius. Of course it isn't. Yeah, it, it really was. It made it. Look, so, and again, it just makes a nonsense of the whole thing about how how big you need to be. Because I put him and Daniel Bryan in almost the exact same grouping in in terms of. I never for a second thought they weren't tough or they weren't fighting you or like, looked like they could, you know... There is a theory in there, isn't there, in, in a certain in certain halls of WWE or, or certain people that, you know, you need to look like, you know, a, a huge bodybuilder and whatever. But to me, if you said to me, who's going to win in a fight, Brackus or, or Daniel Bryan or Chris Benoit or Chris Masters, oh, I know who I'm picking quite. and it's not the big guy. I think things like, you know, UFC with... People like you know Anderson Silva or whatever have have helped to perpetuate that, haven't they? That you know that these smaller, leaner guys, McGregor even, exactly. You know they they show that they you don't need to be of that sort of build. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. I think there's only two more people I want to really bring up, um, and one is because they had a very very good early iconic um, ladder match, and one has certainly had other ones. Let, let's briefly talk Rock and Triple H. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the match that they had. Uh, let me see. When would it have been? 1997. Well, the ladder match was 98. 98. SummerSlam 98, right? Yeah, correct. Um, you know, the two of them, just a, Rock probably a slightly bigger star, but the two of them just, just tipping the edge at that point, aren't they? They're just getting on into their stride. They're they're still on their upward curve, but they're still two stars. And you know, that's for the icy title. And I think it's a really, really great match. It's a, it's a great match, and another one that helped their career. It was at the right period for them. And bear in mind, they hadn't had a lot to follow. Because it's one thing to say that, 
I'm talking about this in a, in a certain way. You're talking about the first match coming along. You didn't have to follow anyone. You could make your own thing. At the same time, you didn't have any. You don't have any ideas. You've got to come up with all your own stuff. You can't just take some other people's stuff and tweak it. And so Triple H and, and Rock had not much to go on. And I think they made a really good match and a really different one. And again, it wasn't necessarily all about the ladder, but they brought it in well. I think it's up there with one of the best one-on-one ladder matches. I think it's excellent. Agreed. Um, Rock, I don't believe, had too many more, if at all. So I don't think Rock can go into a ladder match conversation, really. But, you know, Triple H, over the years, has had other ladder matches, you know, with other people. Um, TLC matches or whatever. Um, you mentioned the one with along with Sean. I think of another one. I don't think his, his match with Nash is an absolute classic. But mm. I think we ought to talk Triple H because he's, he's factored in some of these ones. And obviously he would be talked about more as a... Uh, a Hell in a Cell guy, let's say, rather than a than a ladder match guy, but I think worthy of conversation. Um, yes, worthy of conversation, especially specifically for that match. I can't think of other than the ones we've mentioned. I honestly can't think of loads more that he's been in. I hope somebody's probably going to trip us up with some really big, iconic ones, but nothing honestly springs to mind. Um, was it some sort of three stages of Hell match where it was the last fall? I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm plucking this out of my backside now, but that was with, that was with Austin. Was yeah, that, I don't, I'm yeah. Not sure there was a, not sure there was a ladder in there. No, I'm not sure either. But anyway, um, yeah, I think where he's been, he's been good. Um, but I'm not, I'm not clamouring to put him on the list. No, I'm not either. But I, I, I figured it wouldn't be. I think to be in, you know, for totality's sake, I, I sure. thought he needed a mention. He needed to be brought up in terms of. I think he would again fall into that bracket of. You know, one of the he would be really, really good in it. If you were booking your dream, that money in the bank, I think he'd be an excellent figurehead in it. Yeah, he would. But yeah, but as someone that you would put as the as the base, as the Matt Hardy, as the sure. Christian, as the, the what we've already talked about. But I just wanted to bring him up. Um, that's everyone that's on my list. Um, I think we've mentioned everyone I wanted to mention. Um, I, th- I think we've mentioned everyone that anyone said to us. Um, you may have seen a tweet or a. Facebook post that I haven't but is there anyone else that you think is is worthy of discussion have I left out is there Um, any egregious mistakes not really Um, you know again I'd like to you know if you've got to talk about repetition for for, if you're talking about ladder matches it's got to be somebody who's been in a few Um, I'd like to talk you know I'd like to mention uh, I suppose Kofi Kingston is meriting meriting a mention but again to me he's more stunty mm. um, and he's been in a lot of very memorable spots matches both tag teams and a lot of money in the bank style matches but none that make me want to make a case for him if I'm honest I, I absolutely should have mentioned Kofi in that yeah. list that's a mistake on my part when we were going through that list that included Balor and various others I should have put Kofi in there I apologise for that I think the reason I didn't was because in my mind I was thinking who's the best of all of those and to me, everything that Kofi has done in one of those matches, Shelton's done more. Yeah, and he, you know oh, what I mean? 100%. Kofi was definitely the guy that took over from Shelton in that particular mm. spot in those matches. And yeah, I'd say, again, it might be because he was the originator, who knows, but I would, I'd put Shelton a shade ahead. Yeah, and again, similar to what I said about Morrison, I think of Kofi's stunts as being Raw Rumble moments, which have been slightly overdone over the years, but I, I think of... Kofi, you know, walking on his hands or, you know, or, or, or whatever it is to stay in the rumble. Um, not to, Again, he would be definitely in your conversation. Let's book a, a dream money in the bank. Should we put Kofi in? Pff, 
let's think about it but that's not our topic so no it's a very fair one to mention we possibly didn't do enough on RVD um, you know True. within those matches up his street he's had a couple of other ones you know singles matches that he's had but I think a couple of them were sort of around the the ECW title era which is kind of forgotten and kind of looked frowned upon and, and so forth so again I don't think we've I think it's fair to mention him but I don't think we've really got to be seriously talking about who can breach our you know top three or six that we've got at the moment and so I don't think he comes anywhere near to that. No. Anyone else before we try and get into finalising this list? Not really, mate. I think we've I think we've uh, kicked the bones out of this one for the most part. I think it's time to to narrow down that list now. Okay, right. Are we agreed that Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy, and Edge are definitely in? Yes, we are. Are we agreed that we need to pick two from Chris Jericho, Shelton Benjamin, and Razor Ramon? Not quite. Because okay, I would put Chris Jericho on that list of must-haves. For me, okay. for me, it's one spot between two guys. Okay. I'm not as sold on that because I just think I think you I think we're basing it on just to me. Sean gets in there by having two great matches with Razor and a third with Jericho. Jericho has had two, you know, good to great ladder matches, but I'm not sure about how much he offers in terms of the money in the bank side of things well let's do it like this then let's have a let's, have, let's, let's each have a one two and a three three points for first two points for second one point for third and we'll see who gets the most points I, I think that's over complicated I'll just agree with you <laughs> I just no 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 I'm not because I'm not being funny I'm, I'm struggling to pick my, I'm enough. struggling to pick two from three if you have a strong opinion and I don't have such a strong opinion I certainly don't want to veto you um, I, as in put ve- as in put veto ahead in put ahead of Jericho veto lovely lovely guy happy birthday um, but uh, he would be you know Jericho someone that I would be considering so if you're very you know very sold on him he goes adamant. So that's cool. I'm adamant on that one but on but on the flip side of it I think you may have convinced me for Shelton over Razor well I'm Shelton over Razor as well so let's agree on that I certainly I was certainly going to go Jericho over Razor yep um, because I felt that you know like I said Razor's two matches you're starting to make it a bit of a an addition you know mathematical equation here and you're going Razor is ladder matches with Sean plus nothing whereas Jericho is ladder matches with Sean plus Benoit plus a bit of money in the bank so I, I think there's enough Jericho pushes himself ahead of Razor um, and I think you I think you have to have a nod to me we've now got four people we've got two people from the uh, let's call it the, um, the the TLC era with Jeff and Edge We've got two people from the singles ladder match era with Sean and Jericho. I think someone has to represent Money in the Bank. Why and not I Shelton? think the best Money in the Bank performer, if we were just doing Money in the Bank, I would say it was Shelton Benjamin. There we go then. We have a five. So I think it's, uh, last week we did best dropkick and we left out Bob Holly. This week we've done best ladder match performer and we've left out Razor Ramon. And we've left out a few other pretty damn decent ones as well. It shows how high the standard is, but I think we are happy with our five. So, in summary, in no particular order, in fact, I'll try and do it in my head in, uh, in alphabetical order if I, yeah. if I can work out those numbers letters quickly. So it is Chris Jericho, Edge, Jeff Hardy, Shawn Michaels, Shelton Benjamin. That is the five in alphabetical order. That's always the best way to do it so you don't look like you're doing any bias. It's over to you, fans. Yep. fans of Hooked on Wrestling fans of wrestling in general hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote V-O-T-E that is hookedonwrestling 
www.vote.co.uk forward slash vote yes Paul. and I'll well sorry to interrupt there but I'll get that poll up for um, as soon as you make this live my friend and you, get, you get your poll up whenever you can get your poll up sir no <laughs> I can do some blue chew on that one my friend no 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 no, 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 no this time. No, I was talking for I was talking for uh, for Festivus in uh, memory of Jerry Stiller who passed this week. Of course. Way. Well, I think we've had a, I think we've really kicked the arse out of that one. I'm really pleased what we've done. I, you know, I'd have liked I'd like a follow up on that at some point because I think there's a lot to be discussed. But I really think we've got a strong list. I'm, I I I think we've got a really really compelling list that most people would agree roughly on the top five. And I don't think there's a clear standout. I don't think there's going to be one that's going to take take the clear win on this one. So I'd be interested to see what the public says. Do you know what? I didn't think there was a clear standout last week, and Mr. Perfect won in a bit of a landslide. Yep. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, it's over to you, everybody. Uh, please vote. Please share it around. You will find it at hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. We will also be posting it on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, and where can people find us on those particular platforms, Paul Benson? We are facebook.com forward slash hookedonwrestling. We are instagram.com at forward slash hooked on wrestling I don't know why I'm doing it that way it's because I've been typing it into so many website forms and stuff over the last few <laughs> years so we're, I'll start again we're on Instagram at hooked on wrestling all one word we're on Facebook at hooked on wrestling all one word and we are on Twitter at HO underscore wrestling uh, please spread the word about this we want as many people as possible to not only vote in the polls but also join in the discussions because this is uh, this works on several levels we want you to have a discussion online we want to follow up that uh, and then we want to chat about it ourselves and we'll bring it forward uh, we are thinking all the time about new topics we have a couple in mind for the next few weeks uh, we have about 250 on, on a very very uh, long shortlist to do over the next however many years but uh, if you have some ideas um, that you'd like to bring to us we are happy to uh, take them under consideration so uh, please do that uh, the poll will be live until uh, the start of Monday Night Raw on Monday the uh, oh my goodness I've lost what date we're on but it would be the uh, the 18th would it? Believe Monday so. the 18th no, uh, so yes, yes to, the 18th yeah. Yeah. so if you're listening to this in the future uh, the Monday Night Raw of Monday the 18th uh, is when the uh, the final will be uh, don't forget Friday night uh, on Facebook Live Paul and I are doing our now weekly wrestling quiz 20 questions all for fun uh, but it's been a good giggle over the last couple of weeks usually lasts just over somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half it's good fun uh, and also yeah that's a website as we mentioned at the top of the show failing all that join us back here next week which will be the first place where you can find out the result of the poll uh, and I was getting into a brand new topic and I think the one that we're going to talk about next week is going to be a very fascinating one it's going to change a little bit from the, uh, the what we've done the first couple of weeks in terms of it being uh, quite WWE driven I think that's fair to say but yeah. um, we'll leave you all to find out a little bit more when we actually do it so uh, really looking forward to next week Paul and indeed finding out who's going to win this poll absolutely see you all then we'll speak to you all before indeed so yeah, it just remains to us to say, uh, enjoy all of the output that Hooked on Wrestling has got for you. And in the meantime, and through all of what's going on, just remember, it's wrestling. Enjoy it, and we'll see you very soon. Yeah.